Hello and welcome to Weekly MTG. I'm one of your hosts, Blake Rasmussen. I'm your other host, Steve Sanu. And we have two very special guests uh, in the studio today. I say they're very special every week, but you know what? <laughs> they're, they're very special. Yeah. Uh, on the far right, we've got uh, Trick Jarrett, who's here for a very uh, previewy reason, as I said on Twitter earlier. It's a, car it's a card with a story. It is yeah. a card with a story. That you are uniquely positioned to tell, or so <laughs> yeah. I'm told. So we are, we are previewing one card on this episode, uh, but we're also going to talk a lot about just the set as a whole, tell a lot of stories from behind the scenes, yeah. which is where, and your name was Mar? Mike, Mike, Matt, Mike Rushwater, right? That's, right? <laughs> Mark Roser is going to tell all kinds of stories. Uh, we've all compiled our top five, and so we're going to talk a little bit about our top five cards from the set, why we like them. Uh, Mark has a bunch of stories about all the cards from behind the scenes, so we're going to talk about those. We're also going to be taking your questions, so make sure you put them in chat. I'm going to look at them on this little device here, and I will ask them probably mostly of Mark, but of anyone else who uh, can or wants want. to. Yep. Yes. I'll answer, I'll answer questions that Mark is uniquely positioned to answer. <laughs> that sounds great. Uh, but first... First, oh, we got some stuff. Uh, we have a little something. Yeah. So uh, it came to our attention that we have not fully talked about uh, everything that you get in the pack. So we talked about you get art cards in the packs. You yeah. get basic Snowland in every pack. You get tokens in every pack. Now, yes. the tokens we showed off last week were double-sided, but that's not the only type of token you can get in a Modern Horizons pack. So we got some... Uh, we can zoom in on these here. So uh, one out of every four tokens is going to be foil. Steve's going to, my lovely assistant here is going to move Look it so that. that you can see that. that they are shiny. So any token in the set, yes, that includes Merit Lage, can come in a foil version. These versions are not double-faced. No. Uh, but if it is not foil, then they do come double-faced. Ah. Good job, Steve. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, know that you can get, uh, it's, it's, I believe, roughly one in every four yeah. tokens comes as this foil. So that is a very cool addition to uh, the Modern Horizons pack. I love me some foil tokens. Love them in uh, when we included them in Unstable, and it's cool mm -hmm. to see them come Ooh, back. Go Unstable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I heard, I heard you All like that. All you have to do is say that in earshot of Mark. It's like, woo. <laughs> Uh, so, let's move on to some stories. So, like I said, we're all going to go through our top five Um if you have questions about any of the cards in particular that we throw up, like if you want a cool story behind the scenes, Mark's probably just going to chime in and say them. I but chime in, I chime he in. will definitely chime in. But feel free to ask questions uh, in the chat, and we'll get to them if we can. And I think we should also temper, because you and I both know how Twitch chat gets about previews. Yes. Yeah. We should tell you, it's a fun preview card. I don't want fun I don't want card. unreal expectations or people... Trick is very sensitive about this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Stick around. It's a cool card. It's a fun story, but don't don't expect. Nobody's breaking modern with no. this card. Um, okay, so let's go to top five lists. So we're starting with mine because it's my show. Uh, <laughs> uh, Steve described this as the blakiest top five, and <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I would do anything else. Uh, many of these cards say draw a card or get card advantage in some way. But uh, so force and negation obviously or, is a, or you don't get to do things. Or you don't get to do things, which is also my favorite thing to do in Magic. Uh, force and negation is obviously a riff on force of will. Uh, my favorite thing about force of will is just that it's in alliances, which was the first uh, new set. I started with Ice Age 
and then Alliances came out. That's the first set I worked on. Nice. <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, and then Wall of Blossoms actually came in Stronghold. Wait, can I jump in stories? Please do, yeah. So the, the fourth cycle actually got added very, very late. It was in set design during the later part of set design. Um, I think Eric Lauer was the, the, brain uh, the person who got these added. But it was a cycle that we felt the site needed a little something extra. And so Eric came up with this idea for a cycle. So this was something that was a lot of the stories I'll talk about go back to like the hackathon when we first started. This was one of the later editions was the fourth cycle. Okay. I'm glad they were in because this card, it, there was a lot of conversation when Modern Horizons was first announced that, oh, Force of Will is coming to Modern. And that was a little ambitious, yeah. let's say. Uh, Force of Will is a very powerful card, but it, it, it is in Legacy and Vintage where it belongs. Uh, Force of Negation is, is a good solution for Modern. Uh, it's a very powerful card. We'll see how it shakes up the format. But I just, I don't, I like to be able to tap my mana and still interact with my opponent. Call me crazy. It's a nice, it's a nice formal, formal way. It's like Force of William <laughs> yeah. instead of Force of Will. Force of William. Speaking of William, uh, William Jensen actually previewed Wall of Blossoms. How'd you like that? Good lead-in. Yeah. It's like I that set you up for that. not planned. <laughs> so Wall of Blossoms is a really cool card. So yes, Wall of Omens is already in... Um, modern, but Wall of Blossoms was the original version of this effect, and it actually uh, was an incredibly powerful tournament card back in the day, where um, it started out, I remember one of the earliest decks with it was a five-color green deck that used Wall of Blossoms to stabilize earlier, and then uh, a Trade Awakening deck, which used Trade Wind Rider, various creatures, and then the uh, the Enchantment Awakening, which lets you un which let both players actually untap each turn, and uh, you use it to bounce all your opponent's permanents. And Wall of Blossoms was great because uh, it just it replaced itself pretty pretty simply and blocked very well. Um, and then Astral Drift is just a really cool card, although I. Anyone who knows Rashad Miller, so Rashad Miller uh, is longtime coverage team person. He does a lot of uh, uh, behind-the-scenes work, uh, and he has a he has a commander deck that everyone hates to play against. And the whole I point I find it hysterical. It's so I the lose. whole point of his deck <laughs> but it's is funny. to get <laughs> Astral Slide into play. So yeah. he plays a bunch of Cascade cards, and Astral Slide is the only three casting cost spell in that. Well, right. I guarantee you he's going to have two in the deck now. That's right. Because of Astral Drift. Uh, Cast Dissident Mage. Well, is okay, jump in right Astral Slide. Yeah. So um, one of the things that we wanted to do with the set was it had a lot of Time Spiral 2 sort of qualities to it that we wanted to do a lot of old riffs on it. And some of the stuff, the cards were a little bit too good for modern. So what we would do then is we'd say, okay, we, we can't do this exact card, but we could play off it and do something a little bit different. Mm -hmm. And so this was one of those cards that like, okay, how can we do astral slide, but not exactly astral slide? And the tie to cycling we thought was really cool. So because the most sets, we only get to do a couple mechanics. This set, right. we were allowed to do All any mechanic we want. Well, the rule was, had to be in modern already, couldn't be past Dragons of Tarkir. But that's a lot of mechanics, and so we had a lot of fun sort of riffing off things and figuring out how to how to do a mechanic that was like a card, but not exactly that card. And there were there were a couple of those. So the the new um, Giver of Runes is yes. very close to Mother of Runes. Yes. That kind of thing. In fact, there's another card coming up. I won't spoil, but there's another okay. card that is very much a popular old card, but slightly redone. Well, let's go on to the other two cards on my top five are Kestis and Age and Future Sight, and they're just both grindy blue cards that get a ton of card advantage. Um, I actually believe both those cards are 
destined to be played in modern, but we'll see. Uh, so let's move on to Steve's top five, which oh, has boy. a bit of a different take. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Uh, I love Limited so very much. So Man of War is, of course, on my list. I love casting me a Man of War in Limited. Uh, Deep Forest Hermit, I love the throwback to Deranged Hermit. Right, this is uh, how I was talking about. So, <laughs> so great. Uh, Mark, what's the story behind Deep Forest Hermit? Because I don't actually think I know the story. I just think it's cool. Well, I mean, one of the things is, so Deranged Hermit's a little bit too good, uh, and also it might be on the reserve list, but um, it's a little bit too good for modern, so we wanted to do a twist on it, and so that card has Echo. So that, the idea there is you have to pay to keep it around. This card is like, okay, well, you get that card, but you don't get it forever. It's vanishing, so you get it for a little while. And so it was us trying to sort of do a deranged hermit, but with a, a, a tweak to make it a, a little bit different. All, uh, all and, I want to do is flicker this card every day, all the time, get all the squirrels. And speaking of which, uh, we, we've been making an effort to try to get squirrels returning to Black Border Magic. Yeah. And so, uh, I will say this. The uh, the forces the anti squirrel forces we've slowly beaten them down and so I do there think are some very very strong squirrel advocates yes. in the building yes. not, not so, just you there are yes. multiples of and, them and we are multiplying like like squirrels <laughs> so. uh, imposter of the six pride is also on my list because I loved that it was a throwback to blade of the six pride from future sight. <laughs> This is, and I was joking with Mark before the show that obviously this is this is just us printing Blade of the Six Pride, right? This is where it shows up in the set because it was an imposter the entire time, obviously. Uh, yeah. The, so th this card, real quickly, is uh, one of the things we did very early in design was we made a lot of cards that we knew players had been asking for, and it turns out a lot of those cards are tribal cards, and the problem was. This card cares about cats, and this card cares about ninjas. Like, how do you tie that all together? And so the proposal I made was, hey, we had solved this problem once before in Lorwyn. Let's use changelings. Mm -hmm. um, and so changelings were inspired by um, Misform Ultimus yep. from way back in Champs Kamigawa block. The, the Misforms got to change their shape. Legions. Legions, yeah. Le yeah. legions, legions yeah. sorry. Legions. Um, the Misforms changed their shape, is that right? And that this was, the, the legendary one didn't have to pay to change its shape. It just, it just was. It just, yeah. it just was. Um, and then we put that into Lorwyn and we put it here. And the reason we put it here was it let us make simple cards that then glued everything together. Mm -hmm. So like our vanilla creatures here could be changeling and all of a sudden, now they're simple, but they, they make the set work. Well, and it's we hinted at it last week and we're going to talk more about it next week, but one of the arc, actual archetypes in mm -hmm. uh, Modern Horizons Limited is black-white lords. Yeah, which is just there are there are a scattered number of lords. There's a there's a vampire lord, a zombie lord, there's a cat lord. Uh, there's a cat lord, and the the point in limited is you just you draft all of those and you draft some black and white changelings, yep. and they buff all your changelings. Hashtag tribal tribal, tribal tribal, <laughs> tribal tribal. I love it. Uh, the last two cards on my list are also on other people's list, but uh, sort of truth and justice. I really love uh, me some swords. I play a lot of cube. Mm -hmm. uh, this is. This for me is like one of those really fun cube cards, and uh, well, let me, let me, real quickly, so sort of uh, truth and justice. So we had made an original Mirrodin block. We made the first two swords. When we went back in Scars of Mirrodin, we made the next three swords in that block. Um, so players have been bugging us for the allied swords. We made the enemy swords, uh, and we had, we had spent a lot of time talking about this. We talked about maybe they should be shields or something different. Uh, but we realized the players wanted swords, and the biggest problem was the power level is a little more than we want for standard. But when we made Modern Horizons, we're like, oh, well, this is a set we could put swords in. So we decided to put in two swords, saying, like, no other set has ever had more than two swords. Mm -hmm. And we put what we call a throw forward, which is make some stuff so the audience has some stuff we can make later that they want. Yeah, so, wanting more. Yes, yep. so we, we put two swords in and uh, more along the way. 
Uh, some of them have been planned, some of them have not been planned yet, but we, we, we'll get there. Interestingly enough, Sword of Truth and Justice, the only card that's on more than one of our lists. So we each uh, went a, That's or, not or, true. Or, There's or, one other oh, one. Oh, yeah, there is yeah. one more. His so, next one. Yeah, the, the next okay. one is on two lists. But, but yeah. I actually find it really interesting that we basically came up with 18 cards that mm -hmm. we all thought were among the top five. Yeah. Well, well our, our, our top our five. Top yeah. Yeah. And of course, the it's last. Okay, you're all wrong. Speaking of tribal, tribal, uh, Morophon the Boundless is my last card, and I'm sure we'll be talking about <laughs> yeah, that I'll, a whole I'll, lot I'll, more I'll, in March. I got to start for that one when we get there. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of changelings. Yes. Yeah. And tribal, tribal. Hashtag tribal, tribal. So let's take a look then at Trick's top five. Mine is an interesting list. It's objectively worse than mine, but that's okay. Let's continue. Uh, <laughs> first off, I start with Urza, which you have to love. I do, actually. Ur Urza is a fantastic card, and yeah. it's going to go into several commanders. I, I loved this card because, one, it delivers on a big want of players. Mm -hmm. They've been asking for an Urza card. He's super powerful, and this... This delivers on putting Urza in a playable black border card with a powerful effect. Mm -hmm. So I, I just love that. I, I, I know I'm going to see a bajillion Urza commander decks. That's fine. I, I, I accept that as the cost of delivering on this. So the Urza story. So obviously players have been asking for us to do Urza forever. Yeah. In Unstable, we did an Urza. We did Urza's uh, Academy Headmaster. Academy Headmaster. Mm -hmm. But players were like, no, we also won Urza in black border. So when we were making the set, we were looking to make a lot of old you know, flavorful throwbacks. And so what we said is, look, let's set ourselves up here. So instead of making one Urza, let, let's allow ourselves to make many Urzas. So we decided to carve things up. So we went very early. We said, okay, what's the simplest, earliest Urza we could do? Mm -hmm. And we said, oh, Mono Blue. He's, I think he's, um, he, he just got married and like he's, the war hasn't quite, it's about to start. Right. Um, so anyway, that, we thought that's a good moment in time and that allows us to make more Urzas down the road. Uh, and Yawgmoth, we did the same thing with, by the way. Yep. We started Yawgmoth very early yep. to allow ourselves room later to make more Yawgmoths. And yeah. by the way, Yawgmoth, also very strong. Yeah. Yawgmoth was almost on my list. I, it was like my sixth. It's, it, <laughs> it says draw a card on it, so I'm interested. <laughs> <laughs> it says proliferate on it, that's why I'm interested. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, let's continue with Trick's list, which this one's a goblin, although Chad is saying there are not enough goblins on your list, Trick. Well... We will talk more about goblins throughout this episode, but Goblin Matron is by far uh, one of my favorite goblins, and I, for those who don't know, I have a Kiki-Jiki Mono Red Commander deck that we'll talk more about. Um, but Goblin Matron has a special place as being a utility card. I love this art for it, and I just love this reprint, so I threw it on there. Also, it kind of represents all the goblins, because it is whatever goblin you want it to be in the set. It, it, it fetches whatever goblin yeah. you want in the set. Yeah. Uh, Sword of Truth and Justice, we already talked about, but I, I specifically put it on there because I love the representation of blue and white on this. It's just such a clean and wonderful implementation with add a token and then proliferate being so clearly representative of those colors. Ayula, Queen of Among Bears. I mean, first off, I love this card for being the bear uh, queen that we all wanted. Mm -hmm. uh, also, I had to throw it on there as a, a shout out to our friend uh, Graham Stark. Bear Force One. Bear Force One, <laughs> uh, which he, he already let this out, so I'm not spoiling anything, but the next episode of Game Nights he's on, uh, playing with Modern Horizons, and Bear Force One will be making an appearance. Nice. It will fly high from what I hear. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> so, the story behind this card is Ethan Fleischer loves bears. He but, has a bear commander yes, deck. Yes, he has a bear commander deck, and he loves bears. Much like I love doubling, he loves bears. Mm -hmm. And so, in Core 2019, he ended up making a legendary bear, but it ended up not helping bears. And he's like, what have I done? I made a legendary bear and it doesn't help bears. <laughs> and so he saw the other opportunity because Ethan, Ethan uh, co-led the vision yep. of the set. And 
Uh, he saw an opportunity. He said, I want to take it. And so he finally made the barrel lord that he's wanted for so long. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that we do sometimes as designers is a lot of time we're making cards that other people want and you know, making cards we think will make players happy. But every once in a while you make a card for yourself. Yeah. It's what I call sort of the, I've always wanted such a card to exist. Like doubling season. Like when I made doubling season, not that I didn't think anybody else would like it, but I made that for me. I yeah. wanted doubling season. This is sort of Ethan's version of that. Yeah. He made it for himself. Now, he knew other people would like a Barrel Lord, mm -hmm. but he made it for himself. And so, finally, finally, the Barrel Lord is good. Yeah. Well, it's not even the only bear card in the set, right? No. It was Influence is a take on Seismic Assault that yeah. instead of dealing damage makes bears. Yep. And there's uh, a Mother Bear, right? Mother there. Bear is yeah. common. Yeah. That <laughs> is the saddest card in the entire set. <laughs> Uh, if you don't know what it does, it's, it is a bear. It is a one green for a 2-2. Two, two. Yep. And if it's in your graveyard, you can exile it for five mana, three and two green, to make two bear cubs. Wow. And, <laughs> and then the flavor text. God, what was the flavor text? It's something like even, I don't remember. Even when she's gone. It tells a story. It tells it's a story. A, yeah. it's, a happy it's, story, though. It tells a sad, sad it tells story. a sad, sad story. Uh, Way to bring the entire show down, Blake. Yeah. Let me bring us happier. back to Happy Gosh. Places. By talking about the Canopy Lands, or the yeah. Horizon Lands, or whatever the community the has said. Horizon, how do you not Horizon Lands? It's in Horizons, and they're named Horizon. Yeah. Everyone but, will call it what they yeah. call. They'll be Canopy Lands, they'll be Horizon Lands. Either way, they're... The draw card, card lands. What they actually are, are Commander Lands. Are they? Nah, maybe. I think I'll, these are these are better. I mean, they will certainly be played in Commander, but you know what? Played in Commander is such a meme at this point. <laughs> everything is, everything is playable in Commander. I'm just excited to play them in Commander is what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of people excited to play these in Modern, too, especially in aggressive decks. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Horizon Canopy gets played in a ton of places, whether or not the deck includes both colors or not. Yep. So I expect these will see a ton of play. Absolutely. So, so the origin of this real quickly, uh, to go back to Future Sight. So in Future Sight, I came up with the idea that I just thought entertained me to no end because we were doing future shifted cards of let's do a cycle of dual lands in which each mm -hmm. dual land hints at a different cycle. I remember I was trying to sell this to R&D and they were like, what? Like, it's a cycle <laughs> of cycles of things that don't, anyway. Yeah. Um, and people have been bugging us to finish out some of the lands we started. Not all of them have, some of them have, some of them not. But finally, at least some of them are, we get more of the, the canopy behind. So. so this is the second cycle, I believe, that we finished yeah, out. Yes, so we finished one right away. The Grave uh, and Cairns. Yeah, the Grave and yeah. Cairns cycle we finished right away. So what are the so. other ones coming, Mark? I don't know. <laughs> and here's one, by the way, the one that, uh, the original blue-black in that cycle, mm -hmm. uh, it was blue or black and you tapped for poison when you tapped it, oh, and then yeah. uh, they wouldn't let me make that one. So. I wonder <laughs> why. <laughs> wow. Uh, the other ones in that cycle, for those who don't know, is River of Tears, River Tears which yeah. uh, taps for blue mana normally, black if a land has come into play that turn. Yeah. Uh, Nimbus Maze taps, which has been reprinted, but not right, in yeah, a... Cycle. In a yeah. yeah, not the cycle. Uh, which taps for white if you control an island, blue, blue if, you if you control, control planes. planes. Yeah. And then um, Firelit Thicket. No, not Firelit no, Thicket. No. Uh, Grove of the Grove Burn, Burn Willows. Willows. Yeah. Which is broken, so uh, <laughs> that, may, that one may not be a candidate for reprinting. We'll see. Um... So let's move on to Mark's top five. Yeah, which we here know we go. There are I know I got yeah. Okay, yeah. so we'll start with Morphalon the, bound, the Boundless. Okay, so the way this came about is I made a list of everything that people have been asking me for. I, I, like, I knew we were doing the set, and I, in fact, I went on uh, my blog mini uh, back when we were making this, and I actually just asked them, what do you guys want me to make? I just asked the question, you know, if we can make anything, what would you like? And so I wrote down all the answers, and a lot of them were just, I want a commander for name the creature type. Mm -hmm. I want a commander for goats. I want a commander for whatever. Uh, there's a lot of 
Oof. There's a lot of creature types we've never ever made a commander for. Mm -hmm. And what I realized was I could make all those individually, but they wouldn't fit in the set. Or I could make one that would be them all. And so I set out to make the uh, the tribal lord that just is your tribal commander that whatever your whatever your tribe is, he will help you out. And so the idea was we wanted to make something. We knew we wanted him to be five color so that he can go in anything. And we knew that we wanted him to be universal so that what would, how do you help your tribe? So we boosted them. We get plus one, plus one. And we ended up coming with uh, making things cheaper for the mana as a sneaky way to get the five manas in so that it was commander of all five colors. Mm -hmm. And so that was our, our clever way of doing that. And what it does now is it allows you to play five color cards, such as my next uh, card, for free. So that's sort of fun. Uh, so the first sliver, the story behind the first sliver is, so we decided early on we wanted to do slivers. Players have been asking for us to have slivers return. Mm -hmm. um, the normal problem with slivers is that you need a lot of keywords for them, and we've used mostly evergreen. So it's tricky to put slivers in normal sets because we've made most of those cards. Yeah. But in a set where we could do whatever mechanics we wanted, seemed like a perfect place for slivers. And there's a lot of nostalgia, so it seemed like the perfect spot to do slivers. So we put them in, and we had a meeting where the goal of the meeting was to come up with ideas for what could we do with slivers with existing mechanics. Mm -hmm. And we just kept one-upping each other. <laughs> like, what if all slivers have unearth? Okay, what if they all have exalted? Okay, what if they all have cascade? And then we printed them. So it's, it's, <laughs> my, my favorite thing about that is you pulled out three mechanics that were just in charts of Alara blocks. Yes. So it, uh, it, it was a lot of fun in that. Like we we came up with crazy things, and then like the craziest ones were printed. So it was very. Uh, and the last time we saw slivers in a booster set was yeah. Origins. No, Core twenty fourteen. Core twenty fifteen. Yeah. Oh, by the way, they're back to their. So we experimented in Core 2014. We went to Chandelar, and in Chandelar, slivers look a little bit different. Uh, we're back to the old school Rathy slivers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the little. Uh, so yeah, and if you want more 40s, on that, uh, yeah. Cynthia Shepard wrote an article uh, not yesterday, but the previous Wednesday that talked a lot about the art direction of the new slivers. So check that out if you're interested in uh, why we went back and how we went back and that sort of deal. Mark, what I want to know is 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 the first sliver the first in a cycle where we're also going to see the uh, second the sliver second sliver and the, the third, third sliver. <laughs> It's an endless cycle. Yeah, keep endless on. cycle. You just have more if and more. Modern of the, yeah. Horizons Two doesn't have the second sliver. I, yeah, come on. <laughs> By the way, that's not me confirming. <laughs> Internet loses just its mind. Just making sure that that is clear. <laughs> I'm not doing that. I'm making okay. a joke. Okay. Next card uh, is Sisse, Weatherlight Captain. So I have a warm spot in my heart for the Weatherlight Saga as one of the uh, co-creators of the Weatherlight Saga. Um, a while back, was it? Uh, Miri, like a, we made when we were originally doing the Weatherlight Saga, we made sure to make cards for all of them. Um, mm -hmm. But what we've done recently is we've been going back and sort of redoing some of them. And so we made another Miri, and like I think it was Commander. We made yeah. another Miri. Yep. Yep. Um, and the one thing about Sissi is actually a very fun card. Actually, is played as a Commander quite a bit. But she is what white green. Yep. Yes. Yep. And so the problem with Sissi is you can't you can't get all the crew. Way. You can't get all the Weatherlight crew. So we said we'd fix this. Uh, and so we made a card that uh, we used the old trick like we did on um, Morbon is we use an activation so that it uh, it has all five colors for color identity, but it, it doesn't require all that to cast it. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, we sort of redid Sisse. It really was inspired by the original Sisse, just trying to change it around a little bit, update it a little bit, and make it a five-color commander so that you can yeah. truly do weatherlight shenanigans. And I don't recall who I saw talking about, but I also love the call-out on her outfit being such a close return to that original outfit. Yes, also. yes. The um, 
I just want to point out, so there was a question in chat actually asking, how can we ask questions for the Q&A? Put them in chat. I'm reading chat. That was a, great, that was a great question. Yes, it was Excellent a wonderful question. question. Yeah. Ask any questions you want in chat. I'm writing them down as we go along and saving some up for the end. I'll throw them in if they're relevant at the moment. Uh, but yeah, just put them in chat and uh, we'll, we'll get to them. Yeah, we'll get to them. Okay, card number four. Card number four. Uh, twisted Reflection. So, um, Sisse, Weather Lake Captain, is a great example of us really trying to deliver to the Vorthoses of the world mm -hmm. that do you love flavor and magic? Is flavor what makes you excited? Well, we have stuff like Sisse. But are you a Mel? Do you love mechanical, like just be beauty of mechanical design? Well, I've got a card for you. So, the beautiful thing about this card is it is a card with entwine, it does two blue things. But the thing is, if you combine them, it does something blue doesn't normally do. It's something black does. So the idea is, you can do either of these two abilities separately, but if you want to combine them, oh, you can't do that with blue, you now need black. And that, this is, I mean, as a, as a as someone who's designed magic for a long time, this is mwah, a thing of beauty. <laughs> One of the things I really, really like about this, this whole set is, there, there's lots and lots of what I would call Mel designs. Mm -hmm. There's lots of just like really clever, um, like, what's the one that has Cascade and... Um, Retread. Retread. Rose just, of chaos. Right, just yeah. two words. Yep. Um, we also previewed And reminder text. <laughs> where the card is a black card that um, drains you, but then you kick it for red-white. Oh, oh uh, it's, yeah. it's the... It, the Marview uh, Bolt. It's the something yeah. bolt of something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, the, uh, we want to know the people out there that love design, that the, the Mel's of the world, we have not forgotten you. The set has a lot of really cool and clever designs that really look at sort of how we can design things that are fun from the people who appreciate the sort of the mechanics of things. And there's a lot of really cool designs. I, I picked the Twist Reflection as my, my favorite of those because it's, it's, it's a very, very neat design. Yeah. The final card. I love this card. Uh, this card is a great story. <laughs> it's so, great. So, go be an angel. Oh, man. So, this card goes all the way back to the hackathon. So, the story of this set is. We, did a, we, we do these things called hackathons where R&D takes a week off from doing our normal stuff and we work on a singular project. So the very first hackathon, like a year and a half or so ago, or maybe two years ago, was for the, the 2019 Innovate, Innovation Product, which is, ends up being Mount Horizons. And Ethan and I individually both pitched. Ethan pitched Time Spiral 2, I pitched Future Sight 2, uh, but they realized that our, our ideas were so close that we both wanted a... Supplemental set that's geared toward experienced players, that is complex, that has a lot of nostalgia in it, that the average player not, might not get all the components of it, but there is an audience that wants that. Like Time Spiral was this very interesting set where organized play was really good, the franchise players loved the set, but it didn't sell all that well, and that what we found was this was better suited for a supplemental set than a main set. And so we pitched the idea, uh, Ethan and I, we, we had a team along with Ali Medwin and Nat Mose, and we had one week to prove our concept. And so what we did is we designed an entire set in one week, um, a, a set worth of cards, and then we, we drafted it. Uh, or we played, I think we played Sealed. We played Sealed with it. And anyway, it won the hackathon. It ended up being the product we made. And boom. So anyway, the reason I picked this card is when I was making cards in the hackathon, one of the problems we were running into is how do you make common cards that are simple but flavorful and you know, have a nostalgia to them? So I came up with a cycle that I called the Wii cycle. So I took iconic creatures and I made small versions of them. So in white, I made Wii Sarah Angel, which originally was a 2W, 2-2 uh, two -two Flying Vigilance. Uh, and like I had like Wii Singer and like Wii Shivin and stuff like that. Um, and anyway, 
What happened was, when we went to Visions, I, I turned them in again, and Ethan put it in, but then Kelly Diggs came up with the idea of calling it Sego Segovian Angel. Yeah. Because, back in Legends, we had made a 3-3 creature called Segovian Leviathan, but in the art, it was this giant, giant creature. Like, <laughs> there were little whales swimming next to it, looked like tiny fishes. And we're like, how is this giant creature a 3-3? And then the continuity at the time said, well, what comes from the plain of Segovia, where everything is shrunk tiny. <laughs> so clearly, that's why it's a 3-3. Three, three. Um, and so once Kelly made the change to the Segovian Angel, Ethan changed it from a 2-W-2-2 to a W-1-1, because he thought that the smaller, the funnier. Yep. Uh, and that's the only card that made it on the cycle. Ah. But it's, it's the one card that made it. So anyway, I have a warm place in my heart for Segovian Angel. <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, so... I'm seeing a ton of questions in chat, which is awesome. I've got a list. We're working on it. It's um, like a beautiful mind on his clipboard. It's like, okay. yeah. yeah, no one else can read this. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I am writing all of them down. So keep them coming. Uh, we will get to them. But first, dun, dun, dun. Trick. Time for me to t tell my story. Yeah. Story time with Trick Jarrett. So I've been at Wizards for seven and a half years. And uh, in that time, I have... Helped out in R and D. I've done a couple of small things. I, I have I've contributed ideas, and I, I tend to on days when I have little meetings and have some time wander down to R and D and just talk to folks down there, go and bug them, see what they're doing, uh, give some look at some cards, tell them what I think, and uh, I've contributed some cards. Uh, the first card I ever got printed was printed as Sage Eye Avengers. Uh, it was in Fate Reforged, mm -hmm. uh, and it was a mono blue card, which was very off brand for me, but it got in. Um, but actually before that card, the card that we're about to talk about was already had been pitched to R&D and had made it into files and been removed. Uh, I, I learned uh, one of the keys to getting a card picked for hole filling, which is the process of when in the design process R&D is like, okay, we don't like what's currently going on in these different spots. Uh, so they send out a, to a list of people in the building for... Submit your ideas for a black rare that can't do X but should do Y or, you know, that sort of thing. And uh, that was where the Sage Eye Avengers came from. I, tr I submitted that card as Tricky Dijin for the theme of the world and that sort of feel. Uh, and because, and also your name. Because also yeah. my name. And uh, it, it fit flavorfully. It, you know, it had a, a prowess. Uh, so what I ended up submitting or talking to people about was Tricky Tricks Goblin. Uh, because, uh, as Chat has already mentioned, I am a fan of goblins. And so this card has literally been in and out of, we, we, I think we've identified three other sets that it, yep. it was in, in, partially in the, in the design file at some point. Yeah, one then, of my sets, I remember that. Yep. Because it was a goblin, it, you know, not every set has goblins, so it got pulled out. Um, and uh, I, I, what I also learned was getting people in R&D to buy in on the idea. Ethan Fleischer... Adam Prozac, Mark, have all liked this card idea and was just looking for where it was going to land. So Tricks Goblin uh, was in sets, and it actually became a joke in one set because it went from Tricks Goblins when they changed it to Tricks Consolation Prize. Then it got changed again to, <laughs> oh, yeah. to Tricks Parking Ticket. Then it got <laughs> changed to like Tricks Overdue Library Fee or something. Some, some uh, absurd and silly yeah, iteration. Was, I think that'll present a card. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it finally made it into uh, Modern Horizons, and it stuck. They made some changes to it, uh, and the card is, uh, I'll show you the final, and then we'll talk about the journey that it went through. So the final, the real card is Alpine Guide, uh, a 3-3 three, three for 3. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, you may search your library for a mountain card, put that card onto the battlefield tapped, and then shuffle your library. Alpine Guide attacks each combat if able. When Alpine Guide leaves the battlefield, sacrifice a mountain. 
so obviously, this is not a goblin. But again, as they were messing around with things and shifting uh, concepts around, uh, they found that this idea of a human scout uh, worked well. So I'm sad it's not a goblin. I'm going to be honest. But it is still a, a cool card and a fun card. And this idea came from, uh, originally, from my own commander deck. I was toying around with the idea of how do I help mono red ramp? What can I do to, to move a little bit faster? Uh, searching for lands. Uh, and I actually asked this trivia uh, of the folks in here before the stream. Searching for lands in mono red is extremely rare. Before Modern Horizons, there were only two cards that referenced you searching for a land or your opponent searching for a land out of their libraries. Mm -hmm. And Modern Horizons has now doubled that number, of which my card is one of them. Uh, so my original version was it was a 3-2, and it did not have the must attack uh, step. I'm going to pull up my notes. Uh, which phone is it on? Yes, I have two phones. Uh, it was originally a 3-2, and it just searched for the mountain, and then at the end of that turn, you sacrifice the mountain. So it was a riff on the idea of Red having the mechanic of making temporary mana, mm -hmm. Seething Song or whatever like that, uh, but it involved searching for a mountain, being able to use it that turn, but then that land went away. And uh, that just that idea tickled me. I thought it was a fun idea. I thought it was an interesting way to, to riff on Red's already in-color pie way of generating mana. And also with my Kiki-Jiki deck, which happens to have uh, a certain mountain, legendary lands that... Uh, Benefits from mountains entering the battlefield. Uh, I thought it was a fun way to, with Kiki Jiki, get repeated Valakut triggers. Mm -hmm. um, and thin my deck out and things like that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so this card has this long story history. It was in a set that Mark led. It was in a set that Ethan led. Uh, it, and then it ended up here in Modern Horizons to finally come out with that amazing Wayne Reynolds art uh, as Alpine Guide. Mm. And that is my preview card for Modern Horizons. Nice. So a quick story here. Just I noticed this is a snow card. Um, oh, that's right, and it's a snow card. So, uh, snow actually was not in the set for quite a while. It was for none of Visions, and in, in the middle of set design, I believe the idea was to put snow in. Once again, we were looking for things players have been asking for. They've been asking for mm -hmm. snow-covered lands for quite a while, uh, and we realized it was an opportunity to do some stuff, and so it got added in, and then set design made a bunch of cards, and actually turned a bunch of cards into snow that, yeah. that hadn't been before. Mm -hmm. So That answered one of the questions in the chat. And no. we'll, we'll stick with snow for a second. Okay. Um, snow problem. Uh, so that, that's how Ice snow... to meet you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Steve, you're fired. Stay cool. <laughs> uh, so freeze. that's how Snow got into this set. Yes. Uh, one of the questions was, could Snow ever come back to standard? Uh, it is possible. It mm -hmm. would need to be the right set. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah. It's not off the table. Um, I will admit that Snow has a lot of requirements and stuff, and so it, it would need to be a really, really good flavor fit. But yes, it is not off the table. Okay. So let's, uh, let's use that to segue into answering some questions from chat. Uh, we've got a bunch of them here. Uh, first of all, let's go to, uh, we got a couple questions about Renin 6. So that's uh, the okay. art uh, back there. Um, and, and I don't know, obviously, where this card came in in the yes. process, but do you have a story about how this card I came do, in? I do, I do. So one of the things that we do is we do uh, what we call blue sky work, mm -hmm. where you come up with things that don't exist yet, and the creative team did that with Planeswalkers. They said, let's do some work. Let's try to design cool Planeswalkers. We don't necessarily know where to go, but let's just do some work so maybe we can you know, brainstorm and come with stuff. Yeah. And I don't know who made this, but somebody made this. Tom Ross. Uh, Tom Ross. And once yeah. they saw it, they're like, what in the world is that thing? And so what it is is, um, Ren is a dryad. 
um, and she bonds with a tree, a tree folk, okay. and they kind of become one. They're, they're sort of uh, interconnecting, and that um, she goes through the tree folk, and that she doesn't. She she stopped naming them, I guess, because it was it was too hard. So she just numbers them. Okay. So this is the six tree folk that she's connected with. Okay. So it's Ren and her tree folk six, because it's the sixth one. Okay. So we um, could in the future see like Ren and eight. Or, in possibility, or, or yes. even Ren and one. Go back in time. <laughs> go back in time. Maybe yeah. the first um, tree folk. The first but tree folk. One of the things that we've been asked for by the players quite a bit is for some more non-humanoid planeswalkers. Mm -hmm. And uh, this seemed like a good opportunity to do, like we were doing Sarah, like we were already having a planeswalker that was a throwback in the set. And so we thought we'd do a planeswalker, have one old and one new, but do something the players have been asking for, which is just a really more out there planeswalker. And I think mm -hmm. Brandon Six is that. Yeah. Um, let's see. So uh, one of the comments I saw a lot in the chat was, the four of us happened to pick a bunch of cards that we were excited about yeah. Commander. Obviously, there's a lot in this set that is for modern. We just happen to be kind of commander players. But how much, um, while designing this set, obviously the goal was for it to skip to modern, but how much thought was given to other formats? Because there's obviously a lot of cards in here for Pauper as well mm -hmm. that changed that. So how much, when designing this set, how much did you look at it and go, okay, we also want to give something to the Pauper crowd. We also want to give something to the commander so, crowd. So one of the things to explain, first off, the name of the product, I mean, one of the unique things about the product was it was going straight to modern. Mm -hmm. um, but it was never really our intent to just be only modern things. Now, we had playtesting. Like, we physically got play design and made a modern playtesting group. And right. we brought in contractors. And Mike Majors was on the team specifically so we could guide us on modern. So we spent a lot of time on figuring modern out. Yep. But... We knew we wanted Commander stuff. We knew we wanted Pauper stuff. We knew we wanted just vorthos -y and and Mel stuff. We, we knew that this set was kind of what we wanted a Time Spiral 2 to be, mm -hmm. which is, like I said, uh, when it was in the hackathon, our code name for it was Decadence. Because we like uh, it was like a rich chocolate cake where yeah. you know you, you don't normally get this, but it's kind of good every once in a while to sort of stuff your face with chocolate cake. Mm -hmm. And designing the set was exactly like, like that. That we were just looking for really fun ways to capture stuff that's kind of hard to do elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of players been asking for a thing X. It's hard to do that in normal sets. It's hard to fit them in normal sets. Yeah. And this set was just like, hey, the 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 the, the rules weren't nearly as strict as they normally are, so we could do all sorts of things. Yeah. Having known the code name. Now understanding the, the reasoning behind the code name, that's very funny. Uh, uh, there was a question about if anyone buys Modern Horizon product, do you get anything for Arena? Uh, no, for those who don't know, in some products we do codes that get you the equivalent or some version of uh, that same product in Arena. So, for example, if you went to a war pre-release, uh, you would get a code to do an event on Arena. Uh, Modern Horizons is not coming to Arena, so there's not that same connection. So, so no, there, there are no Arena codes in the Modern Horizon product. Um, do, 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 do. Uh, question I've been getting a lot, and honestly, I don't remember if it's from the same person or multiple people just asking the same question. When are we printing Ovulette? So, so here's the problem with Ovulette. It, mm -hmm. uh, is, um, it currently doesn't fit in a text box. Like, one of the things we have to figure out is how to template it so we physically can print it. Uh-huh. Um, and, I mean, Oubliette, for that to happen, we have to solve that problem. Right. We, it is something we're, I mean, we're well aware. We know the popper community really wants Oubliette. Um, we have to find the right place to put it. But we have to solve the problem of how to print it on how the card How to actually print first. the card. That, that's the biggest the problem. this big. Just yeah. put a URL. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here's how a this bit card late. works. It's, it's yeah. the no art card. Yeah. 
Um, okay, so that's, and I know um, uh, Gavin has said a couple times that it, it is on his radar and he's trying we, to get it. Yeah. We, we have lists of things that we know players want. It is not like the players have not communicated to us they would like it. We yeah. know they like it. There are some issues we have to solve, but it's not that we don't know they want it. We're going to, yeah. if we can solve these problems, we'd like to find a place for it. Hopefully we will find a place. There's just, there are things to solve that need to get solved. Now is it, so you're kind of the, the re, not kind of, you are the resident color pie guru. Yes. Is Obulet still within Black's color pie? Not really. I mean, I, I would argue it's a severe bend rather than a break because it, it's not, un, Black is all about killing things. So it, yeah. it's not undermining Black's weakness or anything, but it is not really at all what Black currently does. Right. Um, one of the things we also try to do and one of the reasons that Oubliette may not have been in this product is we try not to introduce color pie severe bends in formats that don't already have them. Okay. Um, so we didn't necessarily want to introduce it to modern because that's not what black does in modern. Um, but any sort of reprint product, that's the place we can do that because reprint products don't introduce it to any new format. It just, sure. any format that have it can play it. And yeah. so it is more likely to show up in that kind of product than in a product that's introducing it to a new format. Okay. Uh, all right, Mark, putting you on the spot. Okay. Why no merfolk in the set? And before you say changelings, <laughs> the question acknowledged that. So why no, like, just straight merfolk? I mean, I, to be honest, if you would ask me if there were merfolk in this product, my answer would have been, maybe. I, I, um, <laughs> I, there are a lot of things that players want, and, like, the set only has so many cards, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And that, for example... Players have been asking for ninjas forever. They really want ninjas. And so we went all in on ninjas and made a lot of ninjas, for example. And so that ate up some blue space. And so, I mean, will we make more merfolk? Yes. I mean, we merfolk are, are one of our go-to blue races. So, like, we do make a lot of merfolk. So this product, like, it's harder to make ninjas. The average set is hard to just stick ninjas in the average set, yeah. where merfolk are a lot easier to put in. So we tended to lean toward things that were harder to do because this product let us do things that were a little trickier to do. I, for merfolk lovers, we will make more merfolk. There's more merfolk in Magic's history. Mm -hmm. we, we like merfolk. We make a lot of merfolk. Have no fear. But we just couldn't put everything in this product. There's just so many things we wanted to put in. So... No more folks. Speaking of things you wanted to put in, were there any reprints that you really wanted to get in the set but didn't make it? Um, early on in Vision, we tried a lot of crazy reprints mm -hmm. to see what, like, part of what we wanted to do was test things to see what they thought. Um, there was a lot of playtesting going on, so a lot of times we'd like, what do you think of this card? They're like, nope. And sometimes, what do you think of this card? Oh, well, let's play it. And so there was a lot of playing. We tried a lot of different things. Now, the playdesign part isn't my area, so right. like, I don't, I don't remember all the cards that we tried. Um, we did talk about Counterspell that was talked about, that was something that was discussed. Um, it ended up being something we chose not to do, but I mean, it was, it was an honest discussion. Mm -hmm. uh, bringing Counterspell to a format has huge ramifications, so it is not something we'll do lightly. Yep. Um, but it was something that got discussed. It was an honest discussion, mm -hmm. um, but we ended up choosing not to do it. What, what role of reprints in your original pitch versus or in addition to Ethan's original pitch? Was that part of that original pitch when you guys were um, at the hackathon? When Ethan and I originally pitched it, the idea was Time Spiral 2. Yeah. So what we were looking for was reprints that were time spirally. Mm -hmm. Once we decided to make it a modern product, then the parameter was, 
all the reprints would be cards that had never before been in Modern. So by reprinting them, we were adding them to Modern. Right. We, we made a late exception for the snow-covered land, but other than that, every single reprint in the set is something that we were, it meant something that we reprinted it, but now Modern players could play it. Right. And so that was a conscious choice. Okay. Um, but the Modern part wasn't, in the hackathon, Ethan, I guess, had pitched the idea that it could be direct to Modern, but they said, no, don't worry about that. And that didn't happen until we got to Vision, so right. that didn't happen until later. Yep. Okay. Uh, and I will say, Adam uh, Adam Prosak was on the show last week, and we talked about the same counterspell deal. And, and what his response was, if you didn't catch the show last week, and you should, you should go watch. You. you should go watch it though, because uh, it's available on demand. Go back and watch it. He talked about the fact that counterspell really restricted the other types of counterspells you could print in the yeah. set because it just overshadows everything. Yeah. Um, you could basically, if you wanted to excite people about another counterspell, it'd have to be Force of Will level or right. something like that. So uh, instead, the decision was made to print a bunch of uh, interesting counterspells. That's how Force of Negation got right. in the set. Um, the, 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 here's the real problem. Whenever we do a super iconic, super powerful card, mm. it really cuts our ability to do new space and new things. Right. Like, you know, when Lightning Bolt got reprinted in Standard, like just, we couldn't be innovative at all with any of the direct damage because Lightning Bolt's there. And that we had new ideas for cool counterspells and that it'd be hard to do the cool counterspells where we could push them at all if counterspells sitting there. Yeah, so. exactly. And that's not to say that a future product couldn't do it at some point. Yeah, it's not. We discussed it. It wasn't yeah. off the table. We discussed it. Yeah. Um, let's see. Next up. Uh, do you guys have plans to finish the Canopy Land cycle? They called it the Canopy Land the cycle. The Canopy Land so cycle. So that's what we're going to go with. Which, by the <laughs> way, now is super weird in that it's six of the ten cards. Right. If they had called the Horizon cycle, we would have finished it, but not the Canopy <laughs> Land. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, yes, obviously we've done six out of ten. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't tell you whether we have immediate plans, mm -hmm. but uh, I, I do understand the, the importance of finishing cycles and stuff. So when we start a cycle, especially once we print the enemy ones, the implication is someday we'll print the ally ones. I can't say when or where, but I mean, yeah, it is, it is something we're aware of that needs to get done. Okay. Uh, can't read my own handwriting. Uh, there, were, there were a couple nice people who just wanted to thank you for a few things. Okay. Uh, your Drive to Work podcast, which they said was an inspiration. Well, thank you. Uh, Astral Drift, which I don't know if you were directly <laughs> I, I, How did you post in chat, Blake? <laughs> that wasn't me. The funny thing is, I, I made Astral Slide, but I did not make Astral Drift, so. Fair enough. I, I feel like I'm... I think you can still take some credit for I, that. I'm somewhat responsible, <laughs> but I didn't directly make that card. Yep. Uh, the, another question I'm seeing right now is, when is the uh, full card image gallery coming out? Tomorrow morning. Tomorrow. Yep. Tomorrow morning. Uh, Very soon. Yes. Uh, sometime between 7.30, 8 a.m. Pacific time. How many cards haven't they seen? Oh, that's a good question. It's probably in the... Oh, I don't want to... I don't know. All right. I You've seen some cards. Seen You'll see the rest really of them tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. You've seen most of them. Yeah. Yep. And the ones missing are more common and stuff, I think. Right. Uh, was there any consideration to bringing back the tribal card type? No. <laughs> <laughs> Just immediate no. Uh, we've decided we've abandoned the tribal card type. and okay. it, We decided to stop doing it. We stopped doing it. So bringing it back once is just like reintroducing it, and so we decided not to do it. Just, it in the end, it was an experiment we tried in um, Lorwyn, which we intended to be an ongoing thing, but we found that it tied our hands more than it helped us, and so we ended up abandoning it, so. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna read, this is Joel Larson, hey Joel. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that's the same Joel Larson, but or it would be Yol if it's the same Yol. Anyway, do you feel like you had the chance to redo mechanics and keywords that had a lot of crazy cards, but this time make them right. 
For example, a delve removal spell in red. Well, one of the things we did specifically was because we were trying to open up new space, we looked at mechanics that had only been done in certain colors mm -hmm. and specifically did them in the colors they hadn't been done before. Sure. Like we, we took uh, mechanics that were guild mechanics and just did them in a color that wasn't that guild. Mm -hmm. Or we took something that was, you know, put in certain colors for, for draft archetypes and just put them in other colors. Um, and part of that was, look, we're just trying to expand what these mechanics can do. Hey, when you go to a new color, there's just all this open space because, you know, if you take a guild mechanic and put it in a non-guild color, mm -hmm. well, we've never done that. And so we, we, did, we did a lot of that in this set. Okay. That's not... Okay. You already answered that one. So you may not be able to answer. So this question... So for anyone who's not... Uh, aware. So Mark gets questions about literally everything yes. on Magic, but he doesn't actually know everything. True story. Um, you alluded to it <laughs> earlier that you're, the, the play design yeah. uh, team is more concerned with uh, power balance, power balance yeah. modern, that sort of thing. Uh, but are you aware of any issues in modern that were specifically trying to be solved so product. one of the things that we did, so mm -hmm. Mike Majors was on the design team, both the vision design team and the set design team, mm -hmm. and there were a specific, there were some contractors and some normal play design people that were had allocated time to do play, play testing for modern, yep. and then they would gather information, and we, there was two ways it would work. Sometimes we would come up with stuff, and then Michael would take it and see whether or not it made sense for modern, mm -hmm. and sometimes they would come to us and said, oh, this deck is really, like it's a tier two deck, We'd like to see a tier one. Oh, could you make something that fits this thing? And sure. then we would design stuff for that. So there was a lot of work spent, a lot of time trying to fine tune and make things. Now, look, we don't know. We don't want to make cards that we know for sure are going to, like, we want a complex enough system that you're not going to figure out two seconds later because, look, there's only, you know, 20 of us and there's millions of you. So mm -hmm. we make cards and we try to push them in directions where we think that they'll get played. And so we very constantly looked at, uh, current archetypes, archetypes we thought that were close or were tier two, things we could push up. We made some new cards we thought maybe you could build new archetypes around. Mm -hmm. um, so there was a lot of, like, I earlier said that this wasn't made just for the modern player. That doesn't mean we didn't spend a lot of time and energy thinking about the modern player. And play design in particular, play tested a lot. This was not an insignificant amount of time. One of the major things we did when we signed up for this product is signed up a whole bunch of time for people, including contractors that we brought in, people from outside that we brought in to playtest, to make sure that we were really trying to make some honest things for modern. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I don't know what will or won't hit in modern. It's hard for us to tell, but we I'll made a lot of... We made a lot of, a of real honest attempts. So, yeah. I mean, like, I think this, this will impact modern. I don't 100% know what will or what won't, but... We made some real honest attempts to do it. And we really looked at what Modern was doing in, in making some of our cards. Makes sense. Um, will we ever see Garrick again? Yes. Cool. Uh, <laughs> I, I, by the way, I publicly said in the near future, near being vague, but it, you know, we have plans for him. Yeah. It is something in which, I, I, for example, I know exactly where he is. I know where he's coming up. He's coming up. You guys can't know He's yet, right behind no, you. No, <laughs> right behind you. Mark works like seven years in the future. I work way sometimes. ahead of time, so, but uh, I know where he's coming. He's coming eventually, so. Cool. Um, were there, was there any talk of an, this question was specifically about a two-mana enchantress effect, yeah. but any enchantress support in this set? Was there ever um, any in the vials? I don't, I mean, I know there's a lot of talk, uh, 
uh, Mike made a whole chart of all the different architects and stuff they were looking at. Yep. I that was not the area that I was super involved in, so I don't know whether they at any point talked about Enchanter stuff. Mm -hmm. Modern has a lot of different decks, so yeah. while we made a lot of uh, throws to a lot of different decks, look, not Merfolk, you know, there's there's just not every deck we could hit. Yeah. Um, but but. If players enjoy Modern Horizons, if you all go out and buy a lot of Modern Horizons and communicate to to our to the, the people that uh, I report to that you like this, I'm happy to make more. Just you have to convince people you want more of this. So please go buy it. And if, if you if you like Modern Horizons, the more support you show for it, both in buying product and in voicing your how much you like it, that will like. We were teasing before about, about another Modern Horizons. I would love to do another, another Modern Horizons, but we need you guys to show us that you like it and want it. And then I'm happy to make more. <laughs> it was very fun to make. Uh, it's kind of like how we got another unset. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think there are other questions in here, but they are either repeats of old ones or things we can't answer. Sorry. <laughs> um, so I think we're going to call that it. Uh, so, Mark, thank you for joining oh, us. Trick, thank you for joining us. And uh, chat was very appreciative of your card. They, oh, were, they were, like you, upset it wasn't a goblin, but that's okay. So, <laughs> are you, are, question, are you still going to put it in your Kiki Jiki? Deck? It is still going to go in Kiki Jiki. I don't, uh, I, I have to remember if Valakut is actually still in the deck. I think it still is. If it's not, I'll put it back in with it. Okay. Nice. Yeah, yeah nice. That's, that's fair enough. Uh, we've got a couple cool things coming up. Yeah, yeah big let's... big next couple of weeks. Big next couple of weeks, couple yeah. days, yeah. lots of things happening. So uh, first up tomorrow yep. is the Loading Ready Run pre-pre-release for Modern Horizons. We've got some really great guests. Uh, Kenji, Numa, the Nummy, uh, Isher will be there. Brittany, MTG Nerd Girl, Hamilton will be there. Brian David Marshall, uh, fresh off his retirement, I guess, from <laughs> his coverage, coverage, is retirement. coming on camera again. Yep. Can't keep him away from the camera. Uh, and then Michael Majors. Well, I was just talking about. Yeah, yeah. I was just talking yeah. about was. Uh, it's almost like we sent him on purpose. What? <laughs> what? By the way, Michael worked really, really hard on this product. Yep. This was, this was his, his major responsibility for ah, a, a, a year and a half. Uh, so. Uh, yeah. So if you have actually, if you have questions about the modern balance in this yeah. set and hitting the format, I would uh, watch that show. I guarantee he'll talk about yep. some of that stuff. We'll, we'll be hosting on our channel, of course, but you'll want to be in the Loading Ready Run Twitch channel around starting at 11 a.m. tomorrow to watch their event. They're going to be drafting, not playing sealed. Yeah. yeah. Um, we also have, uh, this is ongoing, so this started uh, this past week. Uh, we have a series of events being played on Arena by some of our uh, fans' favorite streamers, uh, all going through the Chronicles event yep. that is, is ongoing. So uh, we already had Merchant playing the Momir event, which is... Uh, Almost ended. It's very close. Today to is the last day. Today is the last yep. day. So, and then uh, William Jensen is going to be streaming uh, the Popper event on June third, which is next week from four to six p.m. Pacific time. Uh, Following R and D plays MTG. Oh, immediately after. Yeah, that's fun. So just you know, just start watching R and D plays MTG. Starting at two. Just keep going. Uh, Trick. Who are these other people? Uh, Bloody, another one of our Magic streamers, uh, also streaming this weekend from DreamHack. Uh, but she'll be streaming for us on June 10th for the Singleton format. Amazonian, uh, Amy, awesome, wonderful, has also been a guest to the pre-pre-release uh, in the past. 
She'll be playing the counters format. Uh, if you aren't aware, that is counters as in like proliferate, but it's not exactly proliferate on the implementation. Uh, not counters as in counter spell or negation or anything like that. that sounds prolific great, Trek. I counter you. I, I don't know. Uh, and then Death Sea will be streaming for us on June 24th, uh, playing Ramnica Constructed. Uh, and so they'll all be streaming following uh, R&D plays on Mondays for the next four weeks. Great. Uh, and then, of Prolific course... Great. Oh, God, Steve. <laughs> next week, Steve's running this show. Yes, I am. <laughs> yes, I am. I'm not going to be here. Uh, <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry. It's a, it's a real show. It is a real show. It's a real so, show. Yeah. So next week, we have uh, some great guests. It's still Modern Horizons focused. Yeah. So. But uh, the pre-release for Modern Horizons is yes. next Friday. And yeah. we have a show the day before. What better way to get people prepared than running a pre-release primer with some really cool guests? So we've got uh, Ethan Fleischer is yep. going to be on. And this was his baby. So, yep. Yep. so uh, And then uh, Mark Hagen is going to be on. And we're also going to have Cassius Marsh back on the yep. show. Absolutely. So uh, That show is going to be an hour later. Yes. No, so it's going to start at 3 p.m. Pacific time. So whatever time you tuned in today. One hour later. You caught the beginning of the show. One hour later. If you do tune in at 2 o'clock, we'll be rerunning this show. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Oh, cool. yeah, probably. Probably. Yeah. Sure. And uh, we'll be going yeah, over... That, I can make that happen. We'll be going over, you know, what you're going to do at Modern Horizons pre-release, the stuff you're going to get, uh, sort we'll of how it's going to go, the archetypes, yep. Yep. you know, what it is that you can build. Yep. Uh, I'm really excited about it because I, I want to play Modern Horizons. That sounds yep. really cool. So, and you get to yeah. throw off the shackles of me holding you back. Oh, oh, Blake! You act like you act like you hold me back regularly. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, and then the other thing we have going on uh, is Saturday is another uh, episode. Week four. Week four of MPL Weekly. Yep. That always trips me up because we're yeah. weekly MTG. Yeah, yeah. MPL oh, Weekly. Believe me. I'm Week four of the yeah. Spark Split. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, so it's coming down to the wire. We. Could see some people clinch some spots this week. Maybe, maybe not. I don't honestly recall the matchups and how it plays out, but we're definitely getting down to that point where we will soon, next week we'll definitely know yep. uh, who are the four uh, people who get that valuable uh, uh, trip directly to day two of MC3. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's starting what down What time the line. does that uh, episode start? That will start at noon on Saturday Pacific, 12 p.m. Uh, if you didn't, if you missed last week, we will be directly proceeding. Uh, yeah, I'll talk about that too. Thank you. Uh, we'll be directly leading into this week's broadcast with last week's broadcast. So if you want to start your Saturday morning watching MPL play, you're welcome to come in and hang out uh, and watch that leading into week fours. Uh, also notable for this week is uh, Savige and Jess will be entering. Uh, catching up on their matches. Hmm. So, so, yeah, the two, the two newest them. members of the MPL. Yep, absolutely. Interesting to see how they do. So, uh, thank you everyone for tuning in. Uh, again, tomorrow is both the pre pre release and the full card image gallery, so you'll get to see so much Modern Horizons tomorrow. And then the actual pre release is the following week. Yes, Modern Horizons has a pre release, so check with your local store, uh, see when uh, they're running events. Uh, and then it releases the week following that. And those pre-releases are sealed or draft. Yes. So you can yep. draft Modern Horizons next week. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be great. Be so cool. thank you for tuning in. Uh, I will see you next week, Steve Wolf. Tune uh, in. But yeah, yeah, thanks, everyone. Have a good one. Thanks. <laughs>